Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhin astafa amma ba'd Fa'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kutiba alaykumus siyam kama kutiba alalladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim This time of the year <coughs> every year for many years has been our practice and the practice of many ulama and mashayikh all over the world to try to remind people how to prepare for the month of Ramadan. This year, as in every year, I try to come up with something different, yet another way to try to get you to prepare for Ramadan. But as I explained to you last year also, the truth is, is that why do we need to be prepared for this month of Ramadan? It's not as if we're going to be doing it for the first time of our life. It's nothing new for us. It's something new for this Ummah. The Ummah has been doing it for over 1400 years. So many ulama, mashayikh, mufassirun, muhaddithin, fuqaha, awliya have done this Ramadan, have trained people how to benefit from Ramadan. Our own selves, we have fasted, some of us one, twice, some of us 10, 15 times, some of us may even 20, 30 Ramadans. But still we find that we need to prepare ourselves for the month of Ramadan. In other words, we find ourselves unprepared, not ready for Ramadan, not fully aware what's going to happen and what type of incredible mercies Allah Subhanahu is going to reveal. And this is what happens because every year Ramadan catches us unprepared. We spend that month and then we end up losing what we get in that month. If you ever want to tell whether Ramadan is successful, you have to wait 10 months and look at the next Shaban and see, am I right now in this month of Shaban better than I was last year, Ramadan? If in this month Shaban, my Salah, my Taqwa, my Quran, my Dhikr, my Dua, my Ibadah, my Adab, my Akhlaq, my Sabr, my Shukr, in this month of Shaban is better than it was last year, Ramadan, that means, yes, I did last year, Ramadan, successfully. And if this year, Shaban, I find that I'm a far cry from what I was last year, Ramadan. In fact, that is so far removed from me, I have to really concentrate to even remember whatever taqwa I may have gotten last year in Ramadan. It's a distant memory that the raweeh I prayed last Ramadan. I can't remember any tear that I know I must have shed, but I can't even remember over which sin and what feeling I shed that tear last Ramadan. I feel that it's not one year has passed, but 10, 15, 100 years are between me and that Ramadan. It means we failed. We failed in last year's Ramadan. We weren't able to take that success forward. We weren't able to build on it. In other words, Ramadan was not able to change us. So there are many ways to talk about Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala mentions it in Quran as the month of Quran, as the month of mercy. You can talk about it as the month of mercy the month of Rahmah, the month of Tawbah, the month of Ibadah, the month of Taqwa, the month of Dua. All of these things, basically, it's the month of Deen. So today what I'm going to do is give you a very 
very, almost unusually practical bayam, what I sometimes call pen and paper bayam, which I tell you at the outset, if you write it down on pen and paper, it will benefit you. If you don't write it on pen and paper, it will be of no benefit to you whatsoever. Yes? <laughs> There'll just be nice things that you listen to and they will go out the other ear. Like many other talks that I give, probably go in and go out the other ear. But maybe something in there was something motivating, spiritually powerful, zordar bayan. I'll just maybe go to Today is completely practical. Because actually Ramadan is the month of practice. It's the month of Amal. And if you want to listen to a very strongly moving, motivation, inspiring, emotional, spiritual beyond, then there are many beyonds of our others or our own on the internet that you can listen to and re-listen to. Because we want you to become people of Amal. This is the real niyat you should have in this month of Ramadan. And one basic thing I would tell you about Ramadan is that for this year you should make Ramadan about building your basics. In previous Ramadans, you have, mashallah, reached highs. You read more Quran than you ever did. You prayed more Nafal than you ever did. Maybe you went to Itikaf more than you ever did. You have been able to have surges and highs in previous Ramadans, but you weren't able to fix your basics. So whenever you reach those highs, you just came right back down. So this year use that power, which is incredible power, in the month of Ramadan. That same incredible power that made you reach those surges and highs. Use that power to build the basics of your deen. And the first step in doing that is to be honest and acknowledge that we are very weak in our basics. Even the most outwardly observant of us, if we know inside how weak we are in our basics, even the most apparently student of ilm or student of zikr or regular listener or regular attendee knows how irregular they are in their basics, how tragically irregular we are in our basics. So why not use this month, this year, to work on the basics of our deen? And Ramadan has some features in it, which are built in, that are going to automatically guarantee it make it easier for a person to fix the basics of their deen more than any other time of the year. Literally, the month of Ramadan is the easiest time it will ever be for you to develop in your deen. The easiest chance you will ever have to come closer to Allah SWT. The easiest chance you will ever have to leave sin. All those things you found difficult all year round, each and every single one of them will be made easier, more in your reach, out of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But instead of grabbing it, all you manage to do is one all-night marathon on the 27th of Ramadan, but you don't reach the basics that are in your reach, you don't grab the basics that are in your reach, then you will carry and that will have its own barakah. Your master ibadah that you do on Saddaisvirat, <laughs> but you wouldn't have got the basics of your deen in this month of Ramadan. So a couple of general things before I move to the very practical tips. The first general basic thing that we need to work on in our deen is our focus on the akhirah and the hereafter. fikr akhirat This is one of the most basic feelings of deen. That every single prophet, every single book mentions to their people over and over and over again that there is a hereafter, there is an akhirah. 
There is life after death. You are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are going to be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you will live forever for all of eternity in this place called Akhirah. It's such a basic thing. Every single person knows this about Islam. Every non-Muslim knows that yes, Muslims believe in life after death. But as Muslims, we don't feel this basic thing. Days, weeks, sometimes months go by before a young man or young woman remembers their akhirah, is worried or concerned about their akhirah. Many times they will do things to endanger their akhirah. They spoil their akhirah and they don't even realize it. If they spoil the grade, they feel it. They mess up an exam, they feel it. They blow an interview, mess up a job, they feel it. They disappoint their boss on assignment, they feel it. Every small thing in this world in which they even slightly spoil their dunya, they're sensitive to it. But those things that spoil their akhirah, they become desensitized to. Unaware? Why? Because they didn't have the basic feeling and attachment to akhirah. So in this month of Ramadan, what you have to do is every day, every night, you should think about the akhirah. However you want, whether that's listening to talks about akhirah, reading ayat and Quran about Akhirah, listening to hadith from the Sunnah of the Prophet about Akhirah, reminding one another about Akhirah, putting stickers or wallpapers on your laptop screen about Akhirah, you have to become a person who feels that you belong in the Akhirah. Our problem is that we have a sense of belonging in this world. That's not the way Muslim is supposed to feel. You don't belong here. What happens when you go to a place you feel you don't belong? Hmm? So you go to a class and you feel, oh, I don't belong, right? I'm a CS major, I'm trying to take jurisprudence, huh? And around me everywhere, law students, I don't feel like I belong. What do you do, right? So that's how you should feel about this world. You don't have a sense of belonging in this world. You don't have a sense of ownership in this world. Because you're not going to live in this world. You're going to live in the Akhirah. You belong in the Akhirah. Your real plot is whatever plot of Jahannam or Jannah that you're going to own in the Akhirah. That's your real plot. That's what you own. Uski file nikliya. Aapki. In Jannat or Jahannam there's some plot. That's where you live. That's how you have to feel. These all words, all of you agree with their meanings. But you have to start feeling like that. In this month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has built in features to make you feel like that. First of all, the fast itself. Right? And again, I will repeat very few things. Let me say at the outset that any of you who are new to us, or have only been with us for a few months or a year, you should try to listen to the previous year's talks on this topic. In fact, we can ask our friends to make a special section on the website and all the talks we've ever given on preparing to Ramadan, they make a section on that for you. Because there are lots of important things that I won't be able to say tonight. Right? Now the fast itself. What are you going to be doing? You're going to be hungry and thirsty. That's guaranteed. Especially, mashallah, in this year, you will be hungry and thirsty because it's about a 16, 17 hour fast. And it's taking place in a hot summer month in a country with frequent electricity and power outages. Mashallah. Allah ta'ala bi Hmm? Yes? So you're guaranteed to feel hunger and thirst. That part is going to happen anyway. The question is, are you only going to feel hunger and thirst in this month, or are you going to feel something more? Is that feeling of hunger and thirst, Allah Ta'ala wants you to feel it, by the way. 
Why? Because the feeling of hunger and thirst was supposed to trigger another set of feelings. When you are in a state of hunger and thirst, you are supposed to feel something else. Number one thing, which is related to the Akhirah, is you get disconnected from your material self. Your most basic function and relationship in this world is that you eat and you drink. Your physical, bodily needs. And most of the time we are so in tune and almost slaves to our physical and bodily needs, especially present company, that we eat and drink anytime, all the time, whatever we want, however we want. All the time we're munching, snacking, eating, drinking, right? We become so in tune with that. Whenever we have even the slightest desire, slightest talab, we will go and fulfill that. Allah Ta'ala wants that same feeling to be switched over towards deen. Now what Allah Ta'ala wants is the slightest feeling you have, slightest feeling you have, let's say slightly in your mind you go, oh maybe I should read Quran, but many times you don't do it, right? But you get a slight idea, maybe I should have ice cream, you jump out, you go in the car, you drive 5-10 minutes, you stand in line, you order the ice cream, you eat the ice cream, on a slight impulse. Allah subhanahu wants to change your impulses from the dunya towards the deen. Because He has already placed inside of you, number one, with your fitrah, with your own humanity, and number two, with your iman, you have impulses for deen. If you have, if you're human, and you have iman, you already have impulses towards deen. The problem is you don't respond to them. You don't fulfill them. You hear the adhan, you have an impulse to pray, but maybe you don't do it. So Allah SWT is trying to disconnect us from our worldly impulses and feelings so we can respond better to our spiritual impulses and feelings. Second thing is that food and drink, when you abstain from them, you get severed from this world because a lot of other activities we do, most of us, we earn to eat. We earn an income in order to be eat to eat well. You get severed from that connection. The more and more your connections from the dunya get snapped off, the more and more you will naturally find yourself connected to the akhir. Then what does Allah subhanahu wa do? He made this act of abstaining from food and drink, He made it ibadah. So now it happens that for 16 hours a day you will be doing ibadah. I don't think there's anything that you ever did all year round that was a 16 hour non-stop consecutive ibadah. Every single second, every millisecond counts as ibadah. What does that mean? When you do 16 hours of ibadah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 16 hours is sending a nur on your heart. What happens now is now you will feel a sense of belonging in the akhirah. Because for 16 hours a day you did something that belongs to akhirah. Ibadah is something that belongs to the akhirah. Your reward for the ibadah will come in the akhirah. And after a few days of fasting, few weeks of fasting, then you have a much greater sense of belonging in the Akhirah. Even though in those 16 hours you may still be working or studying or teaching or housekeeping or whatever it is that you do, there will still be a lot of acts of dunya. That's another amazing thing. The fast is that ibadah, that no matter how much ghul, how masroof, how much work of the dunya you do, it still stays ibadah. And it doesn't spoil the fast at all. As opposed to Salah, if you're standing in namaz, and even you think about dunya, it doesn't nullify your prayer, but it spoils your prayer. In the fast, you can think about dunya, 
you can work for the dunya, you can study dunya, you can earn dunya, and it still is 100% khalis mukhlis ibadah. That's how easy Allah Ta'ala made it. There's no other ibadah that will give you that effect. Every other ibadah requires forget the dunya entirely. You're making dua, but half of you is on dunya. The dua goes down, right? You're reciting Quran, part of you is thinking about dunya, the quality of the recitation goes down. It's tawaf, hajj, every single ibadah in Islam. Its quality goes down if you're involved in dunya. So in Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala gave you such a special ibadah that even if you're deep in the dunya, even if you work all 16 hours, you have a 16-hour shift, it doesn't put a dent in your fast one drop. Allahu Akbar. Means the ruhaniyyah of your fast will be still be covered. You will still get 100% effect of that fast. Now imagine how powerful that fast is. And that's why you'll see most Muslims, they keep doing their work. They're working and fasting, studying and fasting, right? And they still get the benefit from the month of Ramadan. In that fast, although yes, what I said is, is exclusive to the act of fasting, but Allah is showing you a way which you never saw before, which is the quote-unquote balance, that you can be in the dunya, working for the dunya, studying in the dunya, earning the dunya, and your heart can still be completely attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that mystical, almost mythical balance, Allah gives it to you for free in Ramadan, all you have to do is fast. That shows you in Ramadan. It's possible. It's possible. You can do it for 16 hours, non-stop. Of course it's possible. So you will become a person of the Akhirah by this act of fasting. That is why Sayyidina Rasulullah used to say, Al-Dunya usijr al-Mu'min mujannat al-Kafir that this world is a prison for the believer. This was an emotional feeling. Not literally, not physically. Emotionally, this world is a prison for the believer. Why? Because their true love, they're going to meet him after they die. Their true life is going to be after they die. Their true home is after they die. Their true friends are also after they die. Yes? So what is that person who feels that my true friends are outside, my beloved is outside, my home is outside, my real family is outside? So you say, if I was to give you a riddle, you'd say, that person's in prison. <laughs> if that was a riddle, the answer would be, that person must be in jail to be talking like that. That's what the Muslims have meant. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. That's how you will feel if you fast this month of Ramadan properly. So the fast itself is engaged to make you do more fikr of the akhirah. Second general thing, this fikr of akhirah you have to continue throughout your life. It's a basic element of our deen. One second basic element of deen, which is again partly a feeling, and again a lot of us are lacking, even the quote-unquote best of us are lacking, and that is vakki That is valuing our time. This is not just message of Qur'an. Again, every single Nabi, every single Wahi, every single Prophet, every single book this, brought this message to humanity. That your time is valuable, your time is running out. And in some sense, and many of us are still like that, even though we all otherwise follow the January 1 to December 31st calendar year, Emotionally, really, we mark the passing of time by Ramadan. 
That's the way we emotionally mark the passing of time. So when you come to another Ramadan, you're going to reflect that another year of your life has passed. And how quickly that life passed. Allahu Akbar, how quickly it passed. Amazing. It's amazing how they say, that's why I'm saying is time flies. Hmm? Yes? And these days it flies at supersonic speed. That's how you'll feel. But all of you will notice that when you're inside Ramadan, and if you remember, maybe you can recall this from your memory, and if not, you will definitely feel it, inshallah, this month. Inside Ramadan, time passes very slowly. Very slowly. That month, emotionally, otherwise physically time passes the same. But in terms of your emotions and your spirituality and your awareness, the month of Ramadan passes very slowly. Very slowly. What is happening? Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala built into Ramadan, He's made you more aware of time. He makes us more sensitive and aware to the passing of time. Yes? In fact, some of us may even be leading such fast-paced lives that we may actually feel that in the month of Ramadan it felt like that was a whole year. And then afterwards there was another year that passed. So slowly, every single fast you will feel every second. Every taraweeh, you will feel every rakah. Every single dua you make, every night you sleep, every suhoor you wake up for, every single time activity, you will feel it. You will become more aware and more conscious of the passing of time. This is a good thing. This is a general feature that you wanted to have forever. And you will see in Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has put features in Ramadan that every part of your time you were beautifying it, adorning it with some ibadah. Fajr to Maghrib, that's done with the ibadah to fasting. From Maghrib to Isha, the ibadah of iftar. Iftar is itself an ibadah. Even that, just like the act of staying away from food is an ibadah, that person who did that, when they eat, their eating is an ibadah. Yes? For them to eat after the fast is also ibadah. Then after Isha, there's the Raweeh prayer, also another ibadah. So that's the first thing between Isha and Fajr. Then comes another thing on the other end, which is Suhoor, another ibadah. And then again from Fajr to Maghrib, ibadat, ibadat. So Allah SWT has made you not just aware of this time, but He's put an ibadah in every single segment of that time. Again, what to show you a lesson? That you can fill your time with ibadah. And remember what we said first, and you're still working and studying in the dunya. You can fill your time with the feelings of ibadah, the barakat of ibadah, while still doing everything in the dunya. That kamil package, that perfect way of life is there for a person. Sometimes we have to explain it like this. It's a free sample Allah Ta'ala gives in Ramadan. He gives you a sample. Taste what the life of a mu'min is in this month. And then after the month passes, then work for it. Like today in marketing, right? They give you a free sample. And they know if you like it, then next time you're willing to buy it. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala in Ramadan gives you a free sample of the feelings of Imam. So that afterwards then you work for it. Not buy it with money, but you work for it with mujahada, qurbani, mehnat, kushish. You want it. You don't want to lose it. That's how good you have to make it Ramadan, that you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose it. So these are two things. General topics. First was fikri akhirat and the second was qadr-i waqt. waqt qadr you should learn to value your time. And don't think, and this is a topic I've already hammered home to a lot of you, 
Don't think that I'm only 18, I'm only 20, I'm only 22, I'm only 25. Hmm? And by the way, those of you who think like that, that thinking doesn't stop. Even we get people coming to us, I'm only 40. Hello, Akbar. I looked at the person. <laughs> I'm only 40. Huh? Allah, what can we do? Yes, and you'll get even older people. They say, no, I'm not old, I'm only 60. Yes, I'm not old, I'm only 60. And Allah, when you're 60, it means, you know, you could be on the next flight anytime. You're on standby. <laughs> you're now on standby. Any flight could take you away. Any flight. And they don't just depart every hour. Those flights depart every minute, every second, every millisecond. You're just standby. So you should value your time. Value your time. Now, one thing I wanted to repeat from previous year before I go to the next practical steps is a bit of tarheeb. A bit of tarheeb. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put certain things in month of Ramadan to give you tarheeb means tarheeb means to jazz you up. Listen. Tarheeb means to motivate you, to inspire you, to make you want to do more in this month of Ramadan. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put some features like that in this month. Number one, as all of you would remember, shaitan and all of the shayateen are jailed. Now you don't have to know exactly what that means. It's enough for you to know that they cannot do any waspasa on you. That's it. That's simple. Shaitan and all the shayateen and all of his minions and all of his agents and some even say those of his willing and unwilling human agents. This is another story. <laughs> that none of them can do anything to you. Allah Akbar. Simple, right? Very simple. That is a great benefit. That's a great booster in the month of Ramadan. Second thing, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders Jahannam to close all of its gates and doors. Now what exactly does that mean literally, metaphorically? It doesn't mean anything to you. Some have taken it to mean many, many things. What it simply means, right, if I told you, that all the flights to London are closed, then you'll sit and, let's say you didn't want to go to London, right? And then I told you all the flights to London are closed, so you would say, okay, now there's no chance of me going to London. You'd be happy, right? So just think like that, in this month, all the gates, doors, avenues, roads, paths, flights to Jahannam have been closed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you should be happy. <laughs> you should be happy. There is no wrong turn for me to take. All the paths leading to Jannah, all the doors leading to Jannah, all the gates of Jannah itself, everything has been closed. It's closed. Third, Nabi Akrims, all of these things Sayyidina Rasulullah has taught us in authentic hadith. Third is that the doors and gates and pathways to Jannah are cast wide open. So let's say you want to go to Makkah Mukarramah, and you're sitting in Lahore. And I tell you, okay, there's a flight every hour to Makkah Makarma. There are unlimited seats on that flight and you can go on any flight you want. <laughs> You'd be happy. <laughs> You'd be happy. And that's what Allah does in Ramadan. Unlimited access to Jannah, unlimited flights to Jannah, roads to Jannah, pathways to Jannah, open to every fasting mu'min in this month of Ramadan. Allah Akbar. Fourth, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases the 
reward and qurb and power and effect of our ibadah. These are three things. Reward of ibadah means that whenever you do an ibadah, you get an ajr, a thawab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will get that on the Day of Judgment. Second is qurb. Qurb means that every ibadah brings you such a such amount closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Closer to the way He wants you to be, closer to His mercy, closer to His love. Third is the ta'thir of ibadah, the effect of ibadah. Every single ibadah that a person does has an effect on their heart, on their qalb, on their ruh. Every ibadah affects them, makes them better in iman, stronger in taqwa, right? So every single ibadah has a reward, has brings a person closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and has an effect on them. So about ibadah, what did Nabi Akrim Sassam teach us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that in this month of coming month of Ramadan, one fard will be equal to 70 fard. One fard will be equal to 70 fard. Now there are a couple of very young people here today. So imagine you're playing your favorite computer game. And now when you go over whatever, I don't know, eat that power pellet, you get 70 times more power than you normally got. I give you a boost in your game. What does it mean now when you do any fard ibadah? So you pray Zohar, right? Fard? Okay. You pray Zohar namaz in Ramadan. You will get 70 times more sawab for that Zohar than you got outside Ramadan. You will get 70 times more closer to Allah Ta'ala due to that Zohar than you would have gotten outside Ramadan. And that Zohar namaz will have 70 times more of an effect on your imam, taqwa, haya, all of it, other than outside Ramadan. 70 times, not double, not triple, not 10 times, 70 times more power and effect and reward. And qurb Allah Ta'ala puts in every single fard ibadah, including your fast of Ramadan. Yes, that was also fard. So that's 16 hours that I was telling you, 16 hours non-stop consecutive ibadah. What did that just become? 70 times. So what's 70 times 16? One thousand twenty. Yes? Eleven hundred twenty. Eleven hundred twenty. Eleven hundred twenty hours of ibadah written for you in every single twenty-four hour day. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. One thousand one hundred twenty hours of ibadah written for you in every single twenty-four hours a day. This is what Einstein was trying to discover in time dilation and relativity theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, 1,120 hours of ibadah in one 24-hour day for every single day in the month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. Now, just, you, you can use your aql on this. If I said, how close would you get to Allah if you fasted 16 hours? You'd say, oh, I get this close, right? So how about if you fasted 1,100, you say, let's say you were to do it. Let's say you fasted 1,120 hours non-stop for Allah subhanahu wa How close do you think you submit to Wali bin Jata? to Right? Yes, that's what Allah has put for you. And every single fast in this month of Ramadan, every single fund is given 70 times reward, power, potency. Allahu Akbar It's amazing. 
Allah Ta'ala is amazing. This month is amazing. Because he wants to create mu'mineen who are amazing and to put them in the company of a prophet who is amazing and to let them live forever in a place called Jannah that is amazing. The only thing that wasn't amazing in the whole thing was us. So Allah SWT had to create a process to make that happen. That's called Ramadan. That's called Ramadan. The fifth thing is that every single nafil is given the power of a fard. Normally when you do something nafil, that's a much lower level, right, than fard. In the month of Ramadan, every single nafil act, nafil action, nafil behavior, nafil feeling, nafil ibadah, whatever it is, will be given the same suwab as a fard, will bring you the same qurb as you would have gotten with a fard, right? And will have the same effect on your heart, on your spirituality that a fard does. So what does that mean? That means that in the month of Ramadan, you should do ihtimam of nawafil in Ramadan the way you did ihtimam of faraid outside Ramadan. Because every nafil equals one fard. You should have talab for nawafil inside the month of Ramadan as you had talab for the faraid outside of Ramadan. You should be as conscientious and regular about nawafil in this month as you were about fard outside the month of Ramadan. Because that was giving it the same effect. Literally equating one nafil with one fard. Few other things that we normally mention in this list, but I've scattered them. Some other special features in Ramadan will come as I mentioned to you the next practical tips. So five things, two major points, fikr akhirat and qadr waqt Then... Five features that Allah Ta'ala has put in Ramadan. Now we will do eight things, eight practical things about this month of Ramadan. One thing you will see in Ramadan, in our deen, is that there are some things in our deen that are ijtimai and some things in our deen which are infiradi. Some things in our deen that you do as a group, as a collective. And there are some things in our deen that you do individually, between you and Allah Ta'ala, alone. Solitary. In Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa has joined ijtimai and infirali. He wants you to develop both aspects of your deen. So ijtimai ibadat in Ramadan. Number one is obviously outside Ramadan is also the prayers. But in this month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala puts a special prayer called Salatul Taraweeh. And that you're supposed to pray in a jama'ah, in a congregation, in a group. You're supposed to pray ijtimai shakalmah. Right? So that is one extra feature of collective worship in this month of Ramadan. So inshallah, with the Imam for tonight. Inshallah, this month in Ramadan, as we did in the past, uh, we will have, but it'll be a bit long. It'll be something like a 15 or 17 night that we here. It's not open to everyone because obviously, you know, the place isn't so large, but it's open to anyone who comes to the programs here or anyone who has a family member of somebody who comes to the programs here, right? So whether you pray here or in your local masjid, wherever you can, but this is one ijtimai amal in the month of Ramadan, collective act of ibadah. 
Second thing that should be done in a group, doesn't have to be a large group, even family, and especially family in this case, is iftar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants in our deen that you break your fast with some other Muslims. That you shouldn't, even that literally active, even taking the first day, although obviously individual amal, but you should do so with some other Muslims with you, normally your family, right? Who are also going to be breaking the fast at that moment. Similarly, the act of suhoor is also meant to be an ijtimai amal, that you should take your pre-fajr meal along with some other people, again normally your family. And the fourth thing is some collective like we have tonight, bayan, or inshallah we'll be teaching tafsir of Qur'an in this month of Ramadan. So that is also an ijtimai amal of bayan, dars, tafsir, etc. That you should also try to partake in that in this month of Ramadan. However, if you look at the fast itself, that is individual. The fast itself is an infiradi amal. That is an individual thing. Right? And that is something that is between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is something that nobody ever knows whether you are true to it or not. Normally our mashayikh give the example that whenever you make wudu to pray salah and you put water in your mouth to rinse your mouth to do kulli, Right? So the fast is an individual amal between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does that mean? That means one important feature of this month of Ramadan. Of course, we want you and encourage you and we arrange for you to continue to participate in ijtimai amal. But one very important, necessary thing that you have to work on in Ramadan is to develop your infiradi amal, your infiradi ta'luk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your own personal relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your own personal level of deen, your own personal level of ibadah. And that is what we're going to. So that is what we're going to speak to you about in the next few pointers. How to develop your own individual relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, that is one of the basics of deen. And that's something again we fail to do in Ramadan. MashaAllah, we join the Taraweeh, we join the Dars, we join the Bayan, we plug into the Ijtimai Amal, but then the plug is pulled on us after Ramadan and we're left right where we started. So in this year, in this year's month of Ramadan, you want to focus on your own Amal, your own Ibadah, your own Deen. So we're going to mention several things on that. Number one, is your relationship with Qur'an. Shahr Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, the month of Ramadan is the month in which the Quran was revealed. That's important. There are a lot of things that Allah Ta'ala has not told us. There are a lot of things that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala has not told us. But this is something Allah Ta'ala wanted us to know. That Ramadan is the month which the Quran was first revealed. Why should we know that? What difference does that make to us? Because for us, when we are fasting in Ramadan, we should be more connected to the Qur'an. So, for all of these things that I'm going to mention, these are things that we have to do daily. And the phrase I use in English for this is called, erase the zeros. Erase the zeros. What does it mean that every morning when you wake up, aapke Qur'an ka khana hai, namaz ka khana hai, dua ka khana hai, sab cheez se prepare, abhi tak aapne kuch kiya nahi. 
So the first thing you should do is erase the zero. Erase the zero. Put one page, write, erase the zero, write one ruku of Quran. One page of Quran. Maybe take the whole day to recite more. But the first thing you should do, by first thing I mean before Dhuhr. And, whether it's before Fajr, it's after Fajr, it's at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. But before Dhuhr time, normally more technically we say before Zawal time, before Dhuhr time, erase the zeros. Get in your daily Qur'an, even if you can only squeeze in one minute, even if you only squeeze in three minutes, but erase the zeros immediately. And then some days you might have more, you might have less, sometimes you may read one para, half a para, quarter para, three rakus, and that can be fluctuation. The problem with many individual Muslims and our individual ibadah we fluctuate between zero and something. No, erase the zeros. Let your fluctuation be between a little and a lot. Even if your fluctuation is from very little in a lot. Even if your fluctuation is from extremely very little to very little. Even that's fine. Erase the zeros. Erase the zeros from your life. I don't want to have any day anymore in my life where I have zero Quran. Now to erase the zero, all you have to do is you can read one ayah. Zero to mitgana. Ek ayat sitlao karne sebi zero to mitgana. Whatever you do, erase the zeros. And why are we telling you this now? Because another thing you should do in Ramadan is you should get yourself in the habit of doing those things in terms of infirali amal that you can sustain later. I would love for you to read one juz, one part of Quran a day. But I know you can't sustain it. Those who can sustain it are already doing it. Don't need me to tell them to do it. Right? But those who have not been able to sustain Quranic recitation, just look at your past year. Open up your record. Open up your file. And if you find that I have not been able to sustain daily Quranic recitation at the level of one juz or half a juz, right? I'm going to move to that in a moment. But the first step is, okay, let me erase the zeros. Because what I do see in my years, not only could I not regularly do one juz, may I regularly nago tata. To erase the naga. Right? Start that in Ramadan. And the best time for you to do it in Ramadan is after Fajr. Number of reasons. Number one is that because, mashallah, because of our stomach, we'll be very regular in Fajr. Because we all want to eat suhoor, right? Sabne sehri to sabne fajr karni. Yes? Now what happens is, and it is justifiable that most people want to go sleep right after Fajr. Some of you may be, especially this year, may be up the whole night, right? So one reason it's good to recite even one or three ayahs or one or three rakus or one quarter, for those of you who are more advanced, I would say at least one quarter juz. After Fajr, is this adab. The response, I don't pray Fajr and immediately say salam and go straight to sleep. I will linger a little bit. That's what I've explained to some of you before in salah, that when you pray salah, Allah Ta'ala is looking at you and He is sending His anwarat on you. When you say salam, that doesn't stop. It stops when you get up. So that's why it's been the sunnah of the Prophet the sunnah of Sahaba Ikram, the sunnah of all the great Muslims. They would sit in, after they prayed Salah, they would sit for a little bit of time and do some adhkar because they were lingering, they were basking, they were enjoying the anwarat Allah Ta'ala was sending on them. Even if you can just read one ayah, read it after Fajr. Another reason I'm suggesting it is that after Ramadan, the easiest time for you to read Quran will be after Fajr. 
Because in fact, even Allah Ta'ala has said about the Qur'an al-Fajr in Qur'an, Kana Mashuda, that it is witnessed is special in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala. That's what the Mufassirun has said. So, breed some, and that's the earliest opportunity to erase the zero, right? Right after Fajr Salah is the first opportunity you have to erase that zero. So read however little you have to. And those who are better, read more. Maybe you can develop gradually in this month of Ramadan. That's another thing I will tell you, some of who are whatever, quote-unquote intermediates, don't try to go all out in your first week, because then what happens is you crash. By the 10th fast, you're like this. You can't do anything. You don't feel like reading Quran. You don't feel like paying Taraweeh, because you try to read three Jews a day in the first 10 days. Alright? So start small and build on it. And that's what you have to do because if you want to make, build the capacity in Ramadan that you can sustain after, that's going to be the capacity that you build in Ramadan gradually. That's not going to be the surges. The surges are good, but you're not going to be able to sustain them. What you're going to be able to sustain is what you do gradually. So you should every single day read Quran. And like I said, ideally, a little bit after Fajr. Which one is it? Tell me which one it is. So read Quran every single day and try to peg it to one salah, ideally after Salat al Fajr. Second thing, again, it is ideal if you can finish recitation of entire Quran this month of Ramadan. But I've seen in some people is that after 7-10 days of Ramadan go by, they lose hope. They say, they would say, Right? Or when 12-15 days go by, so they stop reciting. Don't stop reciting. You should make need that you should finish the whole Quran in Ramadan. You should start reciting every day. If at any point it become, you seem to think, or even it becomes absolutely apparent to you that you won't be able to finish it, no problem, keep reciting. Keep reciting. Don't stop reciting just because you can't finish it. Keep reciting. Maybe that act of keeping reciting, Allah Ta'ala will put barak in it so that you can finish it. Or if nothing else, there's no problem with having leftovers after Ramadan. That's something that will keep you going. That will keep up your consistency. If you have eight paras left, if you finish 22 paras, that's very good because now you have eight paras to do in Shabbat. It'll keep you going. Because the mistake some people do when they finish it in Quran, but they put the Quran deep away. This is the reward they give themselves for finishing Quran and Ramadan. The deep they can put the Quran away, they don't take it out next year. Right? So for some people it's actually better for some of you. If you don't finish it in this month, then you will have some esas to finish it. Next thing about Quran is the adab of Quran is that whenever you finish it, you should start it again. And you will see that this is the adab that all of the imams will use in taraweeh. They don't end on Surah Al-Nas. They will immediately recite one ruku. It can be anything actually. There's no fixed thing. But they will recite some of Surah Baqarah in that last night of Taraweeh. Why? Because that's the adab. That's the adab of Quran. That whenever you finish it, you start it again. Even if it's again just a few ayahs. With the niyat that you just want to continue. That there's no end. That you want to spend your whole life on this earth reciting Quran. And you want to spend your whole life in Akhra listening to Allah Ta'ala recite Quran.
Yes, that's your niyat about Qur'an. It's unending. Yes, it's unending. Do you want Allah Ta'ala to endlessly recite it to you in Akhirah? If that's what you want, that Allah Ta'ala bhi hamesha hi aapko Qur'an suna hai, to aap us jahan mein, to aap bhi us dunya jahan mein Allah Ta'ala ko niyat to kare ke maybe hamesha Qur'an suna hai. Hmm? And if you want that no, take it, it will Right? So you have to develop a relationship and niyat with Qur'an al-Kareem. A relationship and niyat with Qur'an al-Kareem. The general thing about all these practical things is you have to do them consistently. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said in the hadith, Ahabbul a'mali indallahi adwa muhawa in kalla. That the most beloved of a'mal, the most beloved of any act, could be act of worship, act of sabr, act of shukr, act of durood, are those that are most regular. The ones that you do the most regularly. And then the Prophet specifically said, wa in kalla, even if it's very little. <laughs> even if it's just erasing the zero stuck. That's what the hadith means, wa in kalla. Even if it's absolutely small, even if it's a very small amount, but as long as you can do it daily and regularly. So in Ramadan, now let me mention another thing to you, when I was saying the surges, you should do that. But make sure on a daily basis you have that minimum that you do so regularly in Ramadan and make it so minimum that you can do it regularly after Ramadan. And along with that, now let me come to that which is the surge. Yes, in Ramadan. Every Ramadan you should try to max out your potential. You know like when they lift weights, right? They want every year that their max and bench press should be more than the last year. So this year you should reach a new max in every single Ibadah. So for example, what's the most Qur'an you've ever recited? Maybe somebody would say the most I've ever recited non-stop in one sitting is one juz. Maybe somebody say, Maybe one of you say, Right? Whatever your max was, outdo yourself. But not every day, but some night in Ramadan, reach a new high. Because that's what Ramadan is for. Not only do you want to build your sustainable capacity, but you want to build your surging capacity. So reach that max. Now some of you may need a few days of fasting to put yourself in that mood, to put yourself in that strength. Maybe many of you and us will reach that max in the last 10 days of Ramadan, Right? But have some surge in your Qur'an. Because you need to taste what that feels like also. If you push yourself. That, that is also a sweetness. There's one sweetness of doing regular light ibadah in which you don't have to push yourself but you do it every day. And there is a particular when you push yourself hard in ibadah. I'm not saying present company do that every day. But at least in every ibadah, once in Ramadan, go all out. All out, sprint in Qur'an, read as much as you can, then push yourself. It gets a bit difficult. Push yourself, push yourself harder and harder and harder. See what your limit is. Right? And you will feel something. I guarantee you, you will feel something. We push ourselves so much for the dunya, right? Sometimes you're so lazy in your studies, the dikte. Sometimes you're lazy in your work, you don't finish your product, the deadline is coming, 
As soon as you think, you undo yourself. You call your friend, But what happens? You pull it off, right? When you pull it off and you give it to him 9 a.m., don't you feel happy? You feel a feeling of elation that you outdid yourself. <laughs> you achieved a new high. You should feel that about your deen also. You should allow yourself to feel those feelings of elation and wonder and achievement and attainment about your deen. So you should be at least once you should go all out. So generally erase the zeros and one day try to write the highest amount that you can in that box. Take one again. How much? Last thing about again generally about about Quran and about everything we're going to say, which is very important. You must make dua for that consistency. What does it mean? Every single time you recite Quran in Ramadan, if it's an ayah, it's a raku, it's a para, whatever, every single time you recite it, afterwards make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for each and every, after each and every talawah, number one, Allah ta'ala is talawah ko kubul karna. Number two, Allah ta'ala is talawah par muja istikamat nasimka. Every single time you have to make this dua, then you will be able to continue with that amal after Ramadan. This is the answer that some people ask this question, that no previous Ramadans, I was regular. I actually was disciplined enough that I did some ibadah regularly. The reason is that you didn't make dua for yourself regularly after that ibadah. If this year you erase the zeros and do a little Quran every day, and every time you recite Quran, you make dua to Allah Ta'ala to accept that recitation and to grant you himmat and istikamat to continue recitation. Every day in Ramadan, you make dua for your post-Ramadan year, then you will get istikamat. So you have to make dua each and every single time. Right? And it's very easy. I'll give you a sample dua. Okay, Allah, tere hi karam or tufiq se mene ye Quran abhi bhi اور تیرے ہی کرم اور تفیق اور فضل سے میں نے رمضان کی بات بھی پڑھنا ہے جب تُو نے مجھے ابھی اپنے کرم سے نوازا ہے مجھے آپ کی ذات سے امید ہے آپ مجھے اپنے کرم سے بات بھی محروم نہیں کریں گے that's it that's enough of a dua for you and this was an example I'm calling it sample dua مطلب تھا کہ دل سے دعا مانگنے چاہیے وہ جو اندر ایک نیت ہے ایک عرضز کو پوشیدہ چپنے رکھتا اس کو اللہ تعالیٰ کے سامنے پیش کرنا پڑتا یہ مانگنے کے انداز ہوتے ہیں یہ مانگنے کے راہ ہوتا ہے you have to spill your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's what dua is look mustakalara next not next but it's coming how to make dua but very simple and English spill your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't keep the niyat in your akam that my mind wants to do this later no bring it into your kalb and let it go from your heart to your tongue Heartfelt dua to Allah subhanahu wa Pen and paper was the first step. <laughs> right? Tongue, pen, paper, kalb, tongue. Yay, abhi route. Right? So the first thing then was recitation of Quran. Alright. Second thing is sunnah. Yes, every single day there should be some daily contact with sunnah, some daily increase on sunnah. Some, every day. Every day. But the sunnah by sunnah here, I mean a very broad range of things. Very broad range of things. Number one, it can be what we call amal on the sunnah. 
whether it means sunnah appearance, it can mean sunnah dress, it can mean sunnah miswak, it can be sunnah way of eating, it can be sunnah way of sleeping, right? The amal of the sunnah, the tars of the sunnah, the lifestyle of the sunnah, right? So that's the first thing that can be meant. So every single day you should consciously do amal on that sunnah. Same thing every day you have to make niyat for a lifetime of sunnah. Same thing every day you have to make dua. Make dua to Allah Ta'ala for a lifetime of sunnah. You'll have to make du'as for it. Another way to understand sunnah is what we call musnoon a'mal. Again in Ramadan, because we want you to focus on the basics, you could just take one or two things. For some of you, even the most basic one, even is just to recite this be of Fatima, after salah, 33 times subhanAllah, 33 times alhamdulillah, 34 times Allahu Akbar, right? After every first salah, take some musnoon amal. By amal, it means some musnoon dhikr, right? Some Muslim recitation of praise, glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and become regular on that. Increase your Muslim amal in this Ramadan. And you can have a surge again, but at least make that incremental increase that you can sustain afterwards. Another meaning of sunnah is the sunnah du'as. Muslim du'as. So at the very least we would think that in this month, if you want to start from somewhere, the du'a before eating and after eating. Because at least this month in Ramadan, we should be more spiritually aware and conscious of the act of eating and drinking because we were fasting. But you'd be amazed. Right? So start with some Muslims. And I'm telling you, start small. Going on the Akli Muslim, he goes and makes his whole list of things to do. Goes to the bookstore, buys 10 books on Muslim du'as. And Right? Right? So pick one, two, three du'as and do them regularly. Maybe in the 10th, 15th, we'll add another du'a. But grab onto some Muslim du'a. Another very good one, I'll give you two, two, three, I'll give you three, so we'll just start with. One where the du'as before and after eating. You're going to do that every day in Ramadan and every day, inshallah, of your whole life. Number two, the du'as before and after sleeping, i.e. before sleeping and upon waking. You will be doing that also every day in your life. And some of you may be stealing naps in Ramadan because it's so hot. You may actually do this amal of sleeping and waking two, three times a day in this month. Right? And the third thing which people often neglect, this third one, is the dua when you leave your home and when you return to your home. It's also very important. Also very heartfelt dua of the Prophet Also something you will do every day. Also something that you sometimes do many times a day. You leave your home, then you come back, then you go out again, then you come back, then you go out again, you come back. Right? So why don't you start with just these three. These three du'as, if you know them, well and good. If you don't know them, sight-read them. If you can't even find them, search them on the internet. Or ask Brother Afan to get you them. And Brother Imran is not here. Hmm? Three sets of du'as. Masnoon du'as. Attach yourself to them so firmly that you know, you can say to yourself that after Ramadan, inshallah, I will never miss these three du'as. Okay? Another aspect of sunnah is lifestyle. I'll give you one element of that, which is very much there in Ramadan. Simplicity. Sayyidina Rasulullah had a very simple lifestyle. Now what is simple, I accept that is relative. So I'll give you a relative answer. If you want to go simple, fine. Whatever you're doing, whatever your lifestyle, lifestyle means aapka rehna, sehna. Aapka rehna, sehna, chalna, firna, utna, batna, urna, in some cases, huh? Yes? Just bring it down a notch. That's simple. 
you may not reach the sunnah simplicity, but move in that direction in this month of Ramadan. Do something simpler. Whether it's dressing simpler, eating simpler, sleeping simpler, talking simpler, behaving simpler, acting simpler, viewing yourself simpler. Take some step in that direction. So to take a step, you don't need to know what the exact sunnah simplicity is. All of you know what the direction is. And all of you can figure out some place in your life, lower it one notch. Because that's what Allah SWT is doing in this month. And no matter how fancy your iftar may be, still the fact that you're fasting 16 hours a day means you've gone simpler. Allah Ta'ala has reduced you in one notch in terms of your eating and drinking, right? So it means Allah Ta'ala is reminding you of simplicity. To be more simple. Simple, basically if you give you one definition, simple means to be less focused on the world. What does it mean? Does it mean your worldly needs? Doesn't even mean your reasonable worldly comforts. Simple means to be less focused on the zaid of the dunya, the extraneous things, the superfluous things, the beauties of the world, the pleasures of the world, the attractions of the world, the window dressing of the world, the gift wrapping of the world, the glitter of the world, the glamour of the world, the glory of the world. Start reducing that, that is your journey towards simplicity. Right? Not saying trade in the Civic for a motorcycle. Not saying that. Right? That's a need of yours. You need transport. But the glamour, glitter, glory, extraneous, superfluous of the world. Hoo-ha, shor, shirapa, shosha. Right? Yes. I won't try it again because I got it right the first time, I think. Right? So reduce some of that. Reduce some of that. You'll be making direction towards simplicity. You'll be making progress in the direction of simplicity. And last thing of the sunnah. Two more things of the sunnah. Charity. Charity and compassion. This is a broad field. Broad field. Again, you don't need me to tell you exactly how much charity you need to give. Just move in that direction. Just move in that direction. Up it a notch. Do something more. Increase your charity and compassion and feeling and empathy for the poor and the needy. This is Sunnah Sayyidina year round, but it's also one of the Sunnahs in the month of Ramadan. Ummul Mu'mineen Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu she narrates that in this month of Ramadan, the Prophet gave more charity than he gave in any other month of the year. So it also shows you increase. Ramadan is the month of increase, taking up a knowledge, moving further in a good direction. So in charity and compassion, everyone, even if you're a student, even if you're 12, you have pocket money, you have some money that your parents give you, you have some type of allowance, whether it's irregular, regular, fixed, informal, right? You have some cash, spend a little bit of it, even if it's 50 rupees, 100 rupees, whatever it is, right? I say, really, your feeling should be, come as come phone card ke mikda. Ab next pitching a kid, phone card bhi 300, 500, hazar right? But at least at that level, Right? Because you all know you can drop, you don't even blink twice when you drop money on your phone card. Right? So you should increase in your charity and your compassion. And yes, you could even do this daily. You could even do it daily. Maybe you have to give a less amount daily, but this is something you can also do daily. And if it can't be monetary charity, then like I told you, compassion, smiling, kindness, mercy, stopping, asking about someone, calling your grandmother, all of these things could 
add up and one or the other you could do every single day. And the last, but certainly not the least, but important thing of our connection with the Sunnah is to send Durood Sharif Salawat on the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam every single day. Yes, normally we tell people to do it a hundred times a day. If you're a person who wasn't able to do it a hundred times a day for the past six, ten months, do it ten times a day. Do it once a day. Remember what I said? Erase the zeros. You should feel that. Same philosophy that I said in the first one, Quran, same thing in this. Erase the zeros. Kuch dhrushri bheja da, subhai subha. Ab then aap apna jo bhi maamul hai, usko pura karte ro sara dhan. Magar us sifra ko mita. You don't want that zero. Not only do you not want it on your book of deeds, you don't even want it temporarily there. You want to erase it immediately. So you should become a person who sends the rood and salawat and the prophet. The most minimum, remember to the most minimum way to erase is zero Quran, read one ayah. Most minimum way to erase salawat is say the Sharif once. Who can tell me they're too busy to say it? When even you could say it, even, it may not be the highest other, but you could even say it while walking. You can even say it while driving. That's how easy Allah Ta'ala has made it, to erase the zero. Right? How can we not be erasing those zeros? Okay, so this was the second thing. First thing was Quran, and second thing was Sunnah. And don't forget, dua. Every time you do any of these things, you have to make dua. So you make the dua after you eat, make another dua, Allah Ta'ala, let me always remember this dua. You make the dua before eating, make dua Allah Ta'ala, maybe every single time you have to back it up with the dua of, for kubuliyat, a dua for istikamat. Every single time. You send the rulership on the Prophet, make dua for yourself. Allah Ta'ala ki aapi ka karam hai, ki aapne nabiyya kareem sallasam ka azim aur kareem naam mere hontu se nikalwaan. Allah Ta'ala ab yehi karam mujh par barstin hai. Make dua every single time. Every ibadah should be followed by a small door. That's how you retain it. That's how you get to keep it. So first thing was Quran, second thing was Sunnah, now third individual amal is Salah. You have to fix your namaz. You have to fix your Salah. This individual thing between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, Ramadan is the best and easiest month in which you can do that. Fixing salah means, and these are, you know, all, this is a whole separate topic in of itself, right? But very briefly, fixing salah is itminan. Ba itminan namaz parna. Whether that itminan comes for you just by praying slower, whether itminan comes to you by deep, sophisticated tafsir of the meanings of salah, whether that itminan comes to you by praying in the first row of the masjid, or if you're a woman, whether the itminan comes to you by praying in a special corner or place in your house, if the itminan comes to you by praying more nafil salah, however you want to get that itminan, there's so many ways in the deen to get it. But this should become your concern that in this month of Ramadan, I want to start at least having more itminan in my salah. More itminan in my salah. So a few things that I could tell you to make you understand that itminan. First of all, Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu has said in many hadith, in fact one hadith specifically of him, that when a mu'min is praying, they're talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's actually what you're doing when you pray salah. You are talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So when you talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you talk to your beloved, you never want that conversation to end. When you talk to your beloved, when the lover talks to their beloved, they don't want to hang up the phone. <laughs> right? They don't want it to end. That's why the awliya, they say that when Sayyidina Musa Allah ta'ala asked him that what you have in your hand, he said, Asa. And then he started talking. It was done. And I do this on my asa, and I take on my asa, and I do this, and do that. He loved talking to Allah's phone time. So you should view salah like that. Don't view salah as a chore. Don't view salah as a bore. Salah is your opportunity to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you can't even mess it up because you're going to talk to him in the words that he told you he likes to hear. Right? That's the best thing for you. That's what they do in this world, right? Tell me what she likes to hear. Huh? Ah, huh, huh? Tell me what she likes to hear. Then you know your sense. Oh, Allah Ta'ala told you what he likes to hear. It's called Surah Al-Fatiha. It's a whole separate beyond you can listen to. We have spoken about how to say Fatiha with meaning and how to say Fatiha from your heart. Talk to Allah SWT. You should view it like that. Another beautiful second hadith, very similar, that Allah Ta'ala talks to you. Yes, in hadith in Sahih Muslim, Sayyidina Rasulullah mentions that Surah Fatiha is a whole conversation. We did this in Tafsir last year. You talk to Allah Subhanahu you say one line, Allah Ta'ala says one line to you. Then you say the next line, Allah Ta'ala says another line back to you. Two-way talking with Allah Subhanahu that is what you're actually doing in Salah. And you know many times we've mentioned this ayah to you as well. فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Now it's not just about dhikr or formal dhikr, it's also every ibadah. Same thing in Salah. When you remember Allah Ta'ala in Salah, Allah Subhanahu remember you. Right? Then I mentioned to you something about sitting after the prayer. Right? That you should sit there. Remember this, because when you say salam, Allah Ta'ala still sends an anwarat on you, so the adab, and also your chaska, even if you have to do knuckle of that, is you should sit for at least a few moments, even 10-15 seconds after the prayer. The same thing is for waiting in the prayer. Another hadith in Sahih Muslim, Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that the angels pray for the believer before the prayer. So that's for the person who had the same vote who waits for the prayer. So if you wait 10-15 seconds before prayer and you sit 10-15 seconds after prayer, 10-15 seconds or more, hasbib, istidad, according to your ability. Make that something you do in Ramadan. Practical thing, every day, every prayer, at least 10-15 seconds before the prayer I sit, every day, every prayer, at least 10-15 seconds, seconds ki baat karna. Hmm? After the prayer you sit, that can also give you itminam. That will also put the itminam back into your salah. It will take out the rush of your salah. Alright. There a lot more could be said on salah. And like I told you, the many times we've spoken of specifically, the last thing I would just say is the same thing, dua. After every single namaz, make dua to become a namazi. Make dua for the kubuliyat of your salah. Make dua for itminan in salah. Make dua for lutf and lazza in salah. Make dua for istikamat in salah. Every single time you pray. Back up that prayer. Capture the nur of that prayer. Safeguard the nur of that prayer with a 10 second dua to Allah subhanahu wa about that prayer. Back up everything with duas to Allah subhanahu wa So that brings us to point number 4. Number 1 was Quran. Number 2 was Sunnah. Number 3 was Sunnah. Number 4 is dua. Dua. 
in Ramadan, every single day you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was now the three of the other features of the month of Ramadan for Tawheed. Number one, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that every single time, every single dua a person makes at the time of suhoor is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second, Every single dua a person makes at the time of iftar is accepted by Allah SWT. So now in Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has put some special features known as suhoor and iftar where Allah Ta'ala accepts our duas. So you have to make sure at the time of suhoor and iftar you make dua. This is something we've mentioned every year. Iftar is not the time to have the piping hot samosa. Iftar is the time to offer the piping hot dua and have the lukewarm samosa. Yes, especially for the women. You should let your women also make, and they make, normally women are better in dua than men. Normally women are more pious than men. So better that you get them out of the kitchen five, ten minutes before iftar and sit them on the dastakhan and tell them to make dua. Wo to aapki dua ki jamaat hai. Ye to aapki bivakufi aapne isko apne langar ki jamaat samjhaya. Huh? Or khankaam mein to mard langar samata hai. Vaisay bhi. Dua. Dua at the time of iftar and dua at the time of suhoor. By the way, what does it mean that Allah Ta'ala accepts duas? This Allah Ta'ala said in several eyes in Quran. It means that Allah Ta'ala accepts the dua by granting you what you asked. Or Allah Ta'ala can accept the dua by granting you something other than what you asked. I.e. something better than what you asked. Something different than what you asked. Maybe save you from some evil instead of granting you whatever care you wanted. Or may grant you with something, other means will grant you with something on the Day of Judgment. So much so that about that last part, Sayyidina Rasulullah said another hadith, that when the mu'min believer on the Day of Judgment sees how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving them for the du'as that were unanswered in the world, and instead of that, how much they're getting in terms of the akhirah, their wish would be that Kaash mira koi dua dunya me kabool ne hota. I wish that none of my duas were accepted in this world, then all of them I would get what I get in the Alpha. Right? So that also is there for you at Suhoor and Iftah. Then another feature I've also already mentioned making dua after every salah, after every ibadah. Another special feature, not just for dua, but in the month of Ramadan, is Laylatul Qadr. Khayrun min al fishar. Allahu Better than 1,000 months, not even 1,000 nights, 1,000 months. Oh, I forgot this, but I think it's 82 or 83 years and X number of months, right? 83 years and 4 months or something like that. Over 80 years in one night for everyone. Everyone. You don't have to be some scholar or some sheikh. Only these things are for everyone. In Firadi Amman, even lay on the color. Maybe you may gather in some masjid that night to hear a talk, to get in the spirit of ibadah, but you have to do your infiradi, individual ibadah, on that night of the Al-Tukadah. This is something we've explained to you in previous years, that the easy way to make sure you guaranteed get the Al-Tukadah. The Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned in one sahih that it falls in the last ten nights, and another sahih that it falls in the odd of the last ten nights. So now you're down to five nights. 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th. Notwithstanding one or two aqwal that it could fall other than these, 
pretty much you can understand that it falls on one of these five nights. All right? Which of these five nights it falls on, you will not get to know. Illa mashallah. Alright? Okay. So your job is to show up on all five nights. Where? Show up on your musalla, on your janamas. Wap apne ghar mein bichayin, masjid mein bichayin. Right? And all of those five nights, you should view all of them as layal as far as you are concerned. If you cannot worship all the night, worship half the night. If you can't worship half the night, worship one third of the night. If you can't worship one third of the night, worship in one hour of the night. If you can't worship one hour of the night, worship one half hour of the night. But make sure you don't leave those five nights untouched with your most special dua, your most special toba, your most heartfelt begging to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. If you do that on all five nights, you can be guaranteed that you've got Layotukadim. What does that mean? That if you make a dua on that night, it's as if you made that dua for 1,000 months, 80 years. Now you tell me, I'm going to ask you, 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 so you have to just make that dua on those five nights. Yes? It's another power, powerful gift. Laylatul Qadr means night of power. Allah Ta'ala has put in the month of Ramadan for the fasting mu'mini. So make sure you do a lot of ihtimam of those five nights. And yes again, after every dua, make dua. Allah Ta'ala mujhe hamesha maangne walam rakha. Ye maangne bhi Allah Ta'ala aapine mujhe tafiq bakshiye. اور واقعی جو مانگ نہ مانگنے والے اتنے عرصے رہے ہیں اور اچانک رمضان میں مانگنا شروع کرتے ہیں تو ان کی دل کی افیت واقعی ہونی چاہیے کہتے ہیں یہ تبدیل تو آپ ہی لے کر آئے میں تو خود تو نہیں لاسکتا ہے اندر کوئی تبدیلی یہ تو آپ کا کرم ہے اگر اور ایس گد ہے اگر میرے کوشش سے تبدیلی آئی تھی تو میرے کوشش پر میرے کوئی اعتبار بھی نہیں ہے کہ میری ہمت کیا اس ہمت پر استقامت کیا مگر کیونکہ آپ کی کرم پر ہی تبدیلی آئی ہے اور تیرا کرم تو بے انتہا تیرا تو کرم تو آپ تو الکریم ذات ہیں وہ تو کبھی ختم نہیں ہوتا تو یہ شب بی ہیپی یہ شب بی ہیپی دیکھ ور نفنگ ایکسپٹ اللہ تعالیٰ گیوز اس اور یہ شب میک دعا تو اللہ تعالیٰ ایون ایفٹر دعا تو میک اس ریگلر ان دعا the next two three things next three things one or two I will just say very briefly because we've again given you entire beyonds on this topic so the next thing is توبہ you have to make daily toba in the month of Ramadan. One way to do that, maybe get, add something special for you tonight, is that one is you should start making muhasaba. Muhasaba means you should start thinking now. Like first you have an annual checkup, and then you go for the annual treatment. So Shaban is like the annual checkup. <laughs> and Ramadan is the annual treatment. So you have to give yourself an annual checkup. Start thinking about what are those things that I need to change, that I'm embarrassed of, that I'm ashamed of, that I don't want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to see in him anymore, that I don't want to bring to the Day of Judgment in front of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu What are those things that I would not want when the Prophet stands next to me as his ummati in front of the Mizan, that I wouldn't want Sayyidina Prophet to see that in my book of deeds? Start making a list of those things. Whether you make it literally, you make it mentally, muhasaba means to examine yourself critically. And then every day in Ramadan to make tawbah. Tawbah means to beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive you 
and to promise from the bottom of your heart that you will never go back to that sin. And then after every toba, again make dua, right? Allah Ta'ala get me kubulit in this dua, give me ikhlas in this toba, give me himmat on this toba, give me istikamat on this toba, and just like you've let me do toba of all of my past sins, if ever in the future I sin again, give me tawfiq to do toba again. Right? So that's very brief, otherwise we've talked to you many times about toba. Sixth thing is zikr. You should do some zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day. And specifically now we're going to talk about zikr in your mind and zikr in your heart. Zikr in your mind and heart means to attach your mind and heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To fill your mind with thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to fill your heart with feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to start that process every single day. One, like I told you already, you'll be in a state of fasting every day. You should try to keep your wudu. To try to keep your wudu in Ramadan. 24 hours. Yani, all the wakeful, all the hours that you're awake, try to remain ba wudu. Jo bandaya bandi ba roza bhi hai. Ba wudu bhi hai. Wo inshallah ba zikr hoga. Yes. Jab aap ba wuzu hain aur ba halat-e-ruzah mein to inshallah aap halat-e-zikr mein bhi ho jayenge. You'll be able to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you do these two things. So the fasting part is done anyway. You have to do it as Ramadan. You're going to be doing so many different ibadat, right? So might as well keep wuzu. If you do these two things then you will find it easy to practice. I won't repeat all of that that we've told you in other times. But if you are in a state of fasting by day and you remain in wudu day and night, then you will find it the easiest ever in your life to do all of the dhikr that we teach. Whether that dhikr is makufa galbi, whether that dhikr is muraqaba, that is whether you're always trying to think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or whether you do muraqaba. So that's another thing you should do every day. Muraqaba means that you sit down and forget everything in this world. Erase all of your thoughts, erase all of your feelings, erase all of your connections to Allah. And in your heart, try to fill your heart only and only with the love and remembrance of Allah SWT. That's very simply what Muraqam is. To disconnect from every single thing in this world, and then to fill your heart only, exclusively, totally, completely, with the love and remembrance, with the muhabbat and zikr of Allah SWT. How to do that? Very simple, easy way. Like Allah Ta'ala has made all these things easy in our deen. The easy way to fill your heart with the love and remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is to simply fill your heart with the name of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's the barakah of His name. Tabarakas Murambik. That full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. And you will see that in this world also, that when there's someone that you love, all you need is their name. Just their name. Just what? The zikr of their name means the recollection of their name, the remembering of their name, the mention of their name puts you in the whole feeling of love for them. Same thing Allah Ta'ala said in Quran. إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ That when Allah Ta'ala's name is mentioned and remembered by them, their hearts swell up and shiver and literally it means shiver and quiver in the love and remembrance and fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is that exercise that you should try to do every single day. 
to disconnect yourself from every single thing in the world and just imagine that your kalb is saying Allah, Allah, Allah and that's it and try to do this for 5-10 minutes a day seventh thing it's pretty much now the last thing we're going to say but I have to explain this a little bit to you so seventh thing we should be doing every day first was Quran remember Sunnah Salah Dua Tawbah and Zikr and after every every one of these things daily every one of these things erase the zeros I mean do as little as you want but do it after every one of the things make Dua Tawbah number seven is Dawa. yes Number seven is Dawah. Why is that? Because all of us, I'm pretty sure, all if not almost all of us, have some friends, have some family members, have some friends of family, have some family of friends, have some colleagues, have some employees, employer, student, teacher, who are distant from Allah SWT. Who have for whatever reason known best to Allah SWT, have become hard-hearted towards their deen. Right? In this month of Ramadan, this is the most soft-hearted they will be. Because unless they have moved to becoming an outright, absolute, committed atheist, unless they've taken that ultimate step, even if they have even one katra of iman in their heart, even no amal, but even if they have one drop of iman in their heart, they cannot remain untouched by Ramadan. They bought zor dar baat kano or me zor se kano chata. Jab tak insan ke dil me ek katra bhi iman rahe, wo Allah Taala ki jo Ramzan no mubarak ke mene me jo Allah Taala ki jo khususi rahmatein anwarat jo nazil hote hain, usko bhi kuch na kuch hissa milta hai. Usko khud pata nahi. So the greatest chance that you have. On doing dawah to any such person, maybe somebody's husband, somebody's wife, somebody's child, somebody's parent, it could be that close, right? Or it could be something like the other categories I mentioned. The greatest chance and opportunity you have is this month of Ramadan, so you shouldn't squander that opportunity either. In this month, however, what do I mean by dawah? By dawah, don't engage them in any debates. Don't try to respond to their criticisms, their questions. That's, leave that for another time. Try to get them to feel what's happening to them in here. Just talk to them about Allah SWT. That's it. Maybe the reason they're against Islam is such and such a thing. Don't just be silent. Just ignore all of that. Try to get them to remember that Allah SWT who is remembering even them in this month of Ramadan. That's how you should have done. Yes? Us Rabbi Kareem ke pehchan un ke dil mein lana ki koshish karo. Jis dil ki pehchan alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala abhi bhi rakhte hai. That's down. You have to do that softly. You have to do that gently, you have to do that wisely, you have to do it skillfully, you have to do it patiently, you have to do it lovingly, you have to do it persistently. And yes, of course, you have to make du'a. <laughs> yes. You have to make du'a before you attempt the du'a. You have to make du'a after the du'a. 
you have to make du'a if you fail in the du'a. Outwardly you seem to have failed in the du'a. You have to make du'a if outwardly you seem to success, succeed in that du'a. You have to make this du'a. This is, the, for some people, the only chance. Some of them are leading lives that are so disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that because of their disobedience, they actually don't receive any mercy from Allah Ta'ala at any point of the year other than this month of Ramadan. That's why Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam said in the authentic hadith that the first 10 days, awwalaha rahmah, that the first 10 days of this month of Ramadan are a mercy from Allah. The second 10 days, the middle 10 days of the month of Ramadan are a maghfirah or a forgiveness from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan, itkum minan are emancipation from Jahannam. That's what Nabi Kareem system is teaching us, that Allah Ta'ala is saying in the month of Ramadan, there's so much nur, so much rahmah, so much barakah, that even a Muslim who is mustahikun nar, even a Muslim whose name has been written on the ranks of the people deserving and destined, deserving and destined for Jahannam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take his name out in this month of Ramadan. So in the real da'wah, try to find somebody like that and help them. Help them connect to that power. Help them plug into that mercy that is being sent on them in this month. This is the best month for that type of da'wah. So this was one thing that is back to ijtimai. This is part of the real compassion and concern we have for people is their spiritual poverty. That's the most, um, the most depriving type of poverty is to have spiritual poverty. And you may do that as long as it's within the boundaries of Sharia, maybe by inviting your friend to iftar, maybe just taking him to the masjid for Maghrib Salah afterwards, maybe not even saying a word to him. Maybe this is a person who has not even set foot in the masjid for years, right? Even just being in the masjid may do something to him, right? You just have to just very gently just think that Allah Ta'ala ki rahmat or noor ke ek shower a raha hai. Aapne bas gently bas usko usko andar daalna. That's it. Baaki kaam Allah Ta'ala karenge. Aapke kaam bas thora sa usko bas idhar rakh diya. That's it. This is the month. This is the best month. Especially for those quote-unquote tough nuts to crack. Here's somebody who's is about them, they tell me, oh, her, she's a tough nut to crack. I said, nutcracker to Allah Ta'ala. <laughs> right? But there's no tough nut for Allah Ta'ala to crack. Hmm? There's nothing difficult for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this month you have to seek out those people. You have to do da'wah in Allah. Invite them to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Sometimes by word, sometimes silently, sometimes by example. You have to be creative, you have to think, and again the du'a. Du'a to ask Allah Ta'ala to put barakah in it, du'a that Allah Ta'ala accepted afterwards, and du'a for that person. And that's the minimum type of da'wah that you have to make du'a for other people in this month of Ramadan. And you have to do that every single day. Every single day part of your du'a should include others in your life. Whether they're your elders, your juniors, your colleagues, your friends. Whether they're your elders, your juniors, your colleagues, your friends, or your enemies. Yes. You really want to fly in Ramadan? Every single day in Ramadan, make dua for your enemies. Now, many of you may be too young to have enemies. I hope. <laughs> right? 
but anyone by enemy anyone who you maybe have even the slightest of bad feelings for or somebody who ever expressed the slightest of ill will towards you right jiske dil mein aapko koi na ho bogus ho hasad ho badgumani ho ya kabhi bhi hua tha ya jisse aapne mehsoos kiya ki wo aapse hasad karta hai aapse badgumane kisi ne aapse kabhi puri zindagi mein talkh awaaz aur talkh baat aapse ki kisi ne aap par outright zulm kiya Every single day, every single day and night of Ramadan. Yes, because you have to soften your own heart. We are actually tough nuts to crack. You have to say that you have to say that you have to say she is tough nuts to crack. We are tough nuts to crack. <laughs> This is the tough nut. Our heart is broken. For this to crack, we have to pray for the Messenger of Allah. Every single day in Ramadan. Right? That is also, and also dua for those people you want to make dawa for. That is a silent dawa, a silent sulha. That is the silent dawa, the silent sulha. And sometimes a person finds themselves in situations in life ki bazahir, zahiri tawar pur sulha karna na mumkin manum hota. So then you have to convert to the silent sulha, the secret sulha, the batani sulha. اب آپ ایک دفعہ اللہ تعالیٰ کی مدد کے ساتھ اور اللہ تعالیٰ کو پکارتے ہوئے باطنی صلح کر لیں تو اللہ تعالیٰ پھر ظاہری صلح سال کر لیتے ہیں آل آف دیز تھنگس دیٹ وی مینشن آل آف دیز تھنگس دس منتھ ول بی پارٹ آف ون لکم تکون تکوا آتا ہے دل میں ان چیزوں سے قرآن کے ساتھ تعلق سنت پر عمل نماز کے اندر حضوری دعا اللہ تعالیٰ سے مانگنا توبہ طائب ہونا ہر چیز سے ذاکر ہونا اللہ تعالیٰ کی یاد رکھنا اور دوسروں کی فکر کرنا دعوی کرنا دعا کا بننا ان سب چیزوں سے تکواتا ہے سو دیٹس دا مشن اللہ تعالیٰ گیو ان قرآن کتب علیکم السیام دیٹ فیسٹنگ ہیز بن پرسکرائبڈ اینڈ میڈ مینڈیٹوری فار یو کما کتب الدین امن قبل کم جیسا کہ از میڈ پرسکرائبڈ اینڈ میڈ مینڈیٹوری آن ایوری سنگل اما اینڈ نبی بفور یو مے بی ان سائنٹلی ڈفرنٹ ویز اینڈ ورژنس بٹ ان ایوری سنگل اما اما اینڈ نبی بفور یو وائی لا الکم تکوٹ ہوپ فلی مے بی یو کین بیکم اے پرسن اف تکوا بائی مینس اف دس منتھ آف رمادان So this لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ لَأَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ That is the mission, that is our dream, that is our dua, that is the focus of everything in this Ramadan کہ کسی طرح میں نیک بن جاؤ, اچھا بن جاؤ, اللہ تعالیٰ کی پسند کے مطابق بن جاؤ, متقی بن جاؤ, تقوی کی نعمتِ عظمہ میرے دل میں آ جائے اور ہماری ساری کوشش, ساری عبادتیں, ساری دعائیں, ساری مانگنا سب اس چیز کے لیے ہے اللہ تعالیٰ ہم سب کو اس رمضان و مبارک کے اندر ہی اندر اور تال دم آخر زندگی تک متقین میں سے بنائے متقین میں شامل فرمائے و آخر دعوانا الحمد للہ رب العالمین دعا کیجئے سبحان ربی اللہ وحاب اللہ وصلی علی سیننا محمد وعلا آل سیننا محمد و مبارک وصلی 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين يا الله يا رب الكريم المسكين اللوينغ رب يا الله يو برادرز ذس فار ثرو ذا مانث اوف رجب ذا مانث اوف شابان يا رب الكريم يو ار اباوت تو دون ابون اس ذا مانث اوف رمضان يا الله وي اس ذات يو سند يور رحمه يور ميرسي اون اور هارت يلا ريموف اول اوف ذا فيلث فروم اور هارت ريموف اول اوف ذا داركنس فروم اور هارتس ريموف اول اوف ذا سينز فروم اور هارت يلا سوفن اور هارت فور ذس دين انيبل اس تو بينيفيت فروم ذس مانث اوف رمضان يا الله يا رب الكريم سو ماني ييرز ان ذا past we spent ramadan we fasted ramadan we lived in ramadan yalla still we have come back to you as your sinning servants and slaves yalla we ask that you make this year's ramadan different for us make it better for us make it changing for us yalla we pledge ourselves to you we pledge ourselves to deen we pledge ourselves to quran al kareem to nabi al kareem to his sunnah and his seera to his sahaba ya rabbi kareem accept this ni on our heart yalla write this niya on our heart inscribe this niya on our heart ya rabbi kareem accept us in this month of ramadan make it a month of quran for us a month of sunnah for us a month of salah for us a month of dua for us ya rabbi kareem make it a month of toba for us make it a month of zikr for us ya allah make it a month of dawa for us make it a month in which our own hearts get healed the hearts of others get healed the hearts of the ummah get healed and ya allah rabbi kareem make it a month of la'allakum tattakun for us make it a month of taqwa for us ya rabbi kareem ya allah we want to have a heart that fears you ya allah eyes that fear you ya allah thoughts that fear you ya allah feelings that fear you ya allah we want a mind that loves you ya allah a heart that loves and remembers you ya allah a mind that is always thinking of you ya allah ya allah we ask that you disconnect us from the dunya Yalla, we attach our hearts to the akhirah. Yalla, we ask that you enable us to value our time, do color of our time. Yalla, be kareem, we have wasted so many days and nights of our lives, so many weeks and months of our lives, so many years of our lives. Yalla, be kareem, we are shameful in front of you, that we were shameless in front of you. Yalla, be kareem, we never want to be shameless again. Yalla, let us feel the pain of the sin, let us feel the sting of sin, let us feel the remorse and regret of sin yalla make us people of haya ya allah make us people of tahara ya allah make us people of islah ya allah make us people of tazkiya ya allah make us people of ihsan ya allah make us people of ikhlas ya allah ya rabbi kareem make us amongst the muttaqin the mutatahhirin the awwabin the tawwabin the mukhlasin mukhlasin mukarribin mukarribin ya allah ya rabbi kareem hamare tamam gunahon ko محمد 
مغفرت کا مین آ رہا ہے مغفرت کا مین آ رہا ہے رب کریم تو وہی رب ہے جو رحمت والا رب ہے مغفرت والا رب ہے انت الرحمن الرحیم الغفور الغفار الافو الکریم یا اللہ رب کریم ہمارے دل کو بدل دیجیے ہمارے زندگی کو بدل دیجیے ہمارے ظاہر کو بدل دیجیے ہمارے باطن کو بدل دیجیے ہماری سوچ کو بدل دیجیے ہماری نگاہ کو بدل دیجیے ہماری کفیات کو بدل دیجیے بکریم ہمیں دین والا بنا دیجیے اپنا بنا دیجیے بکریم ہم ایسے فتنا فسق فجور کے زمانے میں رہ رہے ہیں بکریم امت کے لوگ بھی دین کی دشمن بن چکے ہیں امت کے لوگ بھی دین سے اجنبیت رکھتے ہیں بکریم دین کا تانا اڑاتے ہیں دین والوں سے مذاق کرتے ہیں بکریم ایسے حالت میں ہم اپنے دین کو پکڑنے کی کوشش کر رہے ہیں ہمیں کچے داغے کی مانند ہیں بکریم ہمیں مضبوط رسی بنا دیجیے ہمیں اپنے دین کے ساتھ نتھی بنا دیجیے بکریم دین کی سمجھ بھی عطا دین کی محبت عطا بکریم دین کے وفائی نصیب فرما بکریم ہم سب کو دین والا بنا ہمیں ہمارے اس دین کے لیے محنت کرنا آسان بنا ہمارے دین پر استقامت نصیب فرما بکریم ہم بار بار آتے ہیں بار بار آپ کی بات سنتے ہیں اور ہر بار واپس گناہ پر جاتے ہیں بکریم آج تو کرم کا معاملہ فرما دیجیے آج ہمارے سینوں کو گناہ کو دے بند کر دیجیے بکریم جب تم جب تیری ذات ایسی ہے کہ تم جہنم کے تمام دروازے کو بند کر سکتے ہیں تو ہماری ایک اپنی زندگی میں گناہوں کے دروازے بند کر دیجیے جب آپ جہنم کے آگ کو ٹھنڈا کر سکتے ہیں یا بکریم ہمارے اندر جو گناہ شہوت غصہ کا آگ جھٹتا ہے یا بکریم اس آگ کو ٹھنڈا کر دیجیے آپ نے تو ابراہیم علیہ السلام کی جان بچانے کے لیے دنیا کا آگ کو ٹھنڈا کر لیا یا بکریم ہمارے ایمان کو بچانے کے لیے ہماری نفس کے آگ کو ٹھنڈا کر دیجیے ہم سب کو نفس مطمئن نصیب فرما قد سلیم عطا فرما بکریم ہم سب کو تقوا والی ذات صفات نصیب فرما حیا والی صفات عطا فرما بکریم ہم اپنی دو رنگی سے خود تنگ آ چکے ہیں رمضان میں ہم ایک طرف ہوتے ہیں باقی سال ایک اور طرز بناتے ہیں بکریم آج رمضان و مبارک کے مہینہ کے اندر ہمیں وہ رنگ عطا فرما جو کبھی فیڈ نہیں ہوتا جو کبھی اترنے اترنے جاتا بکریم ہمیں اپنے سمغت اللہ اپنے رنگ میں رنگ کر لینا ہمیں اس رمضان کے بعد رمضان اور غیر رمضان کے تفاوت فرق کم ختم کر لینا بکریم ہمیں یک رنگی نصیب فرما یکسوئی نصیب فرما دلی لگن دین کے ساتھ نصیب فرما دلی محنت ہمیں آسان کرنا نصیب فرما بکریم ہم سب کو اپنے چاہنے والوں کی بندے اور بندیوں میں سے بنا اپنے محبین محبوبین میں سے بنا ہمیں اپنے مقبولین میں سے بنا بکریم تمام حاضرین آپ کے حسن زن سے آئے ہیں آپ کو الرحیم سمجھ کر آئے ہیں گرمی برداشت کر چکے ہیں بیٹھے رہے سوچتے کہ آپ کی رحمت آئے گی آپ کی برکت آئے گی آپ کی ایک نظر پڑے گی بکریم آپ کے نبی کریم سسم نے ہمیں بتایا کہ 
آپ نے فرمایا انا کہ آپ اپنے بندوں کے گمان کے مطابق ان کے ساتھ سلوک کرتے ہیں بکریم ہمارے گمان ہمیشہ آپ کے بارے میں تھا اگر اپنے بارے میں بند گمان ہے آپ کے بارے میں تو ہمیشہ حسن زن رہے اگر ہم کمزور تھے آپ کو تو ہم کبھی مانگتے تھے اگر ہم بے وفا ہے آپ کو با وفا والی ذات مانگتے ہیں اگر ہم ظالم ہیں ہم آپ کو العادل مانتے ہیں یار بکریم اپنا کرم کا معاملہ فرما رحمت کا معاملہ فرما تمام حاضرین اور حاضرین کے تمام متعدقین کے دل کو دین کا نور سے منور فرما ہم سب کی دلی توبہ قبول فرما ہم سب کو نیکی والی زندگی آسان فرما نیک بننے کے لیے آسان فرما نیکی کی باتیں ہمیں پسند نصیب فرما نیکوں کی مجالس ہمیں بار بار نصیب فرما یار بکریم جس طرح آج آپ نے ہمیں اپنے دین کی باتیں کے اندر گھیر لیا ہمارے پوری زندگی میں اپنے دین کی نصیحت کے اندر گھیر لیجیے دین کی تذکرہ کے اندر گھیر لیجیے دین کا قلعہ کے اندر رکن بنا دیجیے بکریم جب ہم باہر جاتے ہیں ماحول میں جاتے ہیں ارد گرد ہم پر اثر کرتا ہے باہر کا گرد و گبار ہمارے دل تک آتا ہے بکریم ہمیں صاف کر دیجیے ہمیں محفوظ کر دیجیے ہمیں پختہ کر دیجیے ہم آپ کی پکے بننا چاہتے ہیں اب تک کچے رہے ہیں یار بکریم پکا بنا دیجیے پکا امام نسیم فرما پکا حیا عطا فرما یار بکریم ہمیں وہ آنکھ نسیم فرما جو آپ کو دیکھنے کے لیے ترپتا ہے آپ کے نبی کریم سسم کی دیدار کے لیے ترستا ہے ہمیں وہی دستر سامنے نسیم فرما یار بکریم ہمیں دنیا کے تمام ناجائز دستیں لطفوں سے محفوظ فرما ان کو ہم سے دور فرما یار بکریم ہم اتنے کچے ہیں تو ان کا کر بھی ہم سے برداشت نہیں ہوتا اس کا ادنا سکر بھی آ جائے اللہ تعالیٰ ہم ٹوٹ پڑ جاتے ہیں یار بکریم تو وہ ذات ہیں جو ہمارے حقیقت کو جانتے ہیں یار بکریم اپنے حقیقی کر بتا فرما اپنے حقیقی عشق عطا فرما یار بکریم رمضان و مبارک جو آنے والا ہے ہم سب کو اس کے اندر تمام روزہ رکھنا آسان فرما تمام عبادات کرنا نصیب فرما اس رمضان میں ہر ہر رحمت جو آپ نے ڈالی ہم آج اس ہر ہر رحمت کے مانگنا چاہتے ہیں ہر لطف چاہتے ہیں ہر نور چاہتے ہیں یار بکریم اگرچہ ہم ناقص ہیں تو کامل ہے ہمیں کامل رحمت نصیب فرما کامل استقامت عطا فرما کامل قبولیت عطا فرما یار بکریم اس سال ہمیں تبدیلی والا رمضان نصیب فرما یار بکریم ہمارے جو خاندان میں سے یا دوستوں میں سے یا محلے میں سے یا اپنے ادارے تعلیمی یا کام اداروں میں سے جو بھی ہمارے ارد گرد لوگ ہیں یا دوست ہیں جو آپ سے اب تک دور ہیں یار بکریم اپنا خصوصی رحمت ان کے دل پر نازل فرما ان کے دل کو اپنی پہچان نصیب فرما ان کو بھی اپنی محبت کے ایک قطرہ کا جام پلا یار بکریم وہ ہم سے بہتر ہیں وہ آپ سے زیادہ وفاداری کریں گے وہ آپ کی زیادہ عبادت کریں گے 
ان کو ہدایت نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم ان کو دل کو دین کے لیے قبول فرما وہ امت مصطفیٰ میں سے ہیں اس امت کا حق ادا کرنے کے لیے یعنی بکریم ہمیں ہدایت نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم ہم سب کو اپنے ہدایت عطا فرما یعنی بکریم ہمارے سینے کے اندر اگر کسی سے بھی کوئی بد گمانی حسد بغض کینا ہم نے کسی سے تلخ کنامی کسی کی دل جوئی کبھی بھی کی یعنی کریم ہم دل سے آپ سے معافی مانگتے ہیں ہمارے اس گناہوں کو معاف فرما ہمارے اندر ان صفتوں ادائے کو ختم فرما ہمارے دل کو نرم بنا ہمیں صبر والا بنا شکر والا بنا رحم والا بنا سر رحمی کرنے والا بنا یعنی بکریم ہمیں مخلوق کا خادم بنا آپ کے دین کا خادم بنا آپ کے دین والوں کا خادم بنا یعنی بکریم ہم خدمت کے لیے کتب قبول فرما یار بکرین اپنے کرم فضل سے ہم تمام حاضرین کی دعاؤں قبول فرما جو بھی اپنے دل میں جہاں بھی بیٹھ رہا ہے جب بھی سن رہا ہے جو بھی دل میں نیک فریاد رکھتا ہے یار بکرین سب کی دلی فریادوں کو قبول فرما سب کی دلوں کو یار بکرین احسن انداز کو قبول فرما یار بکریم اس ادارے میں جو قرآن کریم پڑھنے کا اور ختم کرنے کے جو ارادہ ہے یار بکریم اپنے بارگاہ میں اس کو قبولیت عطا فرما اخلاص کے ساتھ پڑھنے پڑھانے کے لیے توفیق نصیب فرما یار بکریم قرآن کریم کی حقیقی باتیں حقیقی معنی بیان کرنے اور سننے آسان فرما یار بکریم اس ادارے میں جو بھی مرد عورتیں احسان اکیڈمی زینب اکیڈمی میں جو پڑھتے ہیں پڑھاتے ہیں جو وابستہ ہیں یار بکریم سب کا علم پڑھنا قبول فرما سب کا علم کا نور ان کو نصیب فرما یار بکریم جو نیت کرتے ہیں اب تک نہیں جڑ سکے یار بکریم ان کو آپ کا دین پڑھنا سیکھنا سمجھنا آسان فرما جو اس ادارے کے محبین ہیں معاونین ہیں یار بکریم اپنی بارگاہ قبولیت اور محبوبیت سے ان کو نصیب فرما احسان احسان بکریم احسان اور کرم کا معاملہ فرما بکریم امت مصطفیٰ پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما یار بکریم رمضان مبارک رحمت کا مہینہ ہے خوشیوں کا مہینہ ہے عید کے دن خوشی کا دن ہے یار بکریم کتنے مظلومین ہیں کہ یار بکریم وہ تنگ دست ہیں وہ یارب بکریم ان پر ظلم کیا جا رہا ہے ان کو قتل کیا جا رہا ہے یارب بکریم ان کو بیویوں کے ساتھ ظلم کیا جا رہا ہے ان کو بچوں کو قتل کیا جا رہا ہے یارب بکریم امت کو ہوش نصیب فرما امت کو جذبہ تھا فرما یارب بکریم تمام باطل قوتوں کو رد فرما ان کو جن کی ہدایت نصیب میں ان کی نہیں ہے ان کو مردود فرما یارب بکریم ہمارے اپنے مسلمان معاشرے کے اندر جو ظالم حکم اپنے لوگ پر ظلم کر رہے ہیں کفار بھی اس کو دیکھ کر ظلم کہہ رہے ہیں یار بکریم کرم کا معاملہ فرما ان ظالمین کو قوت کو ختم فرما مظلومین کو یار بکریم امید کی کرن عطا فرما ان کو رمضان مبارک کی رحمت سے خوب نماز فرما پوری امت کو لیے عید کے دن خوشی کے دن بنا ربنا تکم سیدنا محمد وصحبہ اجمعین برحمت کا یا الرحمن الرحمن